Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. It's a man's job to carry on the family name. Or is it? I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. The Bible gives us Elohim's judgment on that issue, as well as guidance on how to approach Him for answers. Let's talk about it. If you didn't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible, and the Bible is all about Yeshua the Messiah. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com, find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com, follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com, on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shalom to our listeners in Missouri and Israel. Listen out for Red Pill Torah on a radio station near you. Red Pill Torah is an outreach of B'nai Ephraim Messianic Ministries and Assembly. So, Miss, do you remember the R&B singer James Brown? I think the start of his career was a little bit before our time. Sure, I remember James Brown. I feel good. Mm -hmm, That's the one. Well, he made many appearances in movies, and he performed at some historic events. Uh, what brings James Brown to mind? Well, he sang a song titled, It's a Man's World. And the lyrics are, as I recall, this is a man's world, but it wouldn't be nothing. Nothing without a woman or a girl. Now, I know you've been walking with Elohim for some years now, but I'm sure you've heard that song, right? Yep, I've heard it before. I guess neither of us have been saved our whole lives, Yikes. as we used to say in church. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I understand that song to be celebrating the accomplishments of men, while it implies they would be meaningless without a woman or a girl. Yeah, that's how I remember and understand that song. I don't think it specified any particular contribution of women. Unlike today's podcast, today we want to talk about five women who did something daring in the Torah. We find their story in Numbers 27. If you have a Bible nearby, please turn to that chapter. Their story tells us a lot about our Elohim and how he sees women. Some people get the impression that this is a man's world in the mind of Jehovah, so women have no rights. While I would say that the Holy Scriptures outline a patrilineal structure to families, I think we may take that to mean something more than what Jehovah intended. Let's define patrilineal as a way of tracing the family through the male relatives. Our Elohim introduced himself to Moshe in Exodus chapter 3 verse 6 by saying, Enochi Elohe Avicha, Elohe Avraham, Elohe Yitzhak, Velohe Yaakov. In English, Jehovah said, I am the Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, the Elohim of Jacob. Daddy, that is a clear patrilineal view of the family, and it's a beautiful thing. In some cultures, a patrilineal view includes the right to own property, rights to inherit the family wealth, etc. Well, let's see what our Heavenly Father has to say about that. Well, reading from Bamidbar, or Numbers, chapter 27, and starting at verse 1, it says, Then the daughters of Tselofchad, the son of Hefer, the son of Gilad, the son of Machir, the son of Manasseh, or Manasseh, of the families of Manasseh, the son of Yosef, or Joseph, well, they all approached. So, Miss, this is starting off sounding pretty patrilineal. Mm-hmm. Let's see where it goes. I'll keep reading. 
These were the names of his daughters, Machla, Noah, Hogla, Milka, and Tirzah. They stood in front of Moshe, Eleazar the Kohen, the leaders of the whole community, at the entrance to the tent of meeting, and said, Our father died in the desert. Now he wasn't part of the group who assembled themselves to rebel against Jehovah in Korach's group, but he died in his own sin, and he had no sons. Why should the name of our father be eliminated from his family just because he didn't have a son? Give us property to possess, along with the brothers of our father. Tim, at first I thought they were more concerned about their father's land being given to another. But now I see they are more interested in preserving their father's name in Israel so that his place among the fathers is preserved and respected. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, I agree with you, Mama. These daughters don't seem to be motivated by the value of the land, but more so by the father's legacy. I'll keep reading from verse 5. It says, Moshe brought their cause before Yehovah. Yehovah answered Moshe, the daughters of Zelophehad are right in what they say. You must give them property to be inherited along with their father's brothers. Have what their father would have inherited passed to them. Moreover, say to the people of Israel, if a man dies and does not have a son, you are to have his inheritance passed to his daughter. If he doesn't have a daughter, give his inheritance to his brothers. If he has no brothers, give his inheritance to his father's brothers. If his father doesn't have any brothers, give his inheritance to the closest relative in his family, and he will possess it. This will be the standard for judgment to be used by the people of Israel, as Jehovah ordered Moshe. And we can take a lot of lessons from this scripture. To put this discussion into further perspective, let's take note of one thing. Elohim could have explained this detail regarding women's rights to inherit much earlier. He could have laid that out before the daughters had an opportunity to step forward and even ask about it. We know that the father didn't just figure this one out when these five daughters came to Moshe. So with that as background, what can we take from this story? Daddy, one thing that I love is the way Jehovah affirmed these women. He told Moshe that they were right in what they say. And you know how much I love it when you say I'm right. Yep, I know that, Mama. The substance of their request was in agreement with the will of Elohim, so much so that he elaborated how Israel was to interpret the law for inheritance going forward. There would be no misunderstanding regarding the rights of daughters to inherit land in Israel. Uncles, cousins, and other men around them could not just step in front of them just because they were women. If there were no sons in the picture, the daughters could step in and represent. In Joshua chapter 17, verses 1 through 6, we see the tribe of Manasseh being given their inheritance. Now these daughters remembered the earlier ruling of Elohim. They went to Joshua, who had replaced Moshe, and Eliezer, who had replaced Aaron, the high priest. And they reminded them of the ruling, and they received their inheritance. These daughters were not shy about presenting their case. I know, that's right. Mm -hmm. The Torah reading, known as Pincus, includes the story of these five daughters. Pincus is the grandson of Aaron, who executed a man of Israel while he was sexually involved with a Midianite woman. There are more details to that story found in Numbers chapter 25. When I look at the stories of Pincus, 
and of these daughters, their stories share a common theme. It's about having zeal and courage when it comes to our Elohim. In both stories, Yehovah showed his appreciation for the zeal and boldness that was in line with his will. As we study the Bible, we see that the scriptures give plenty of examples where zeal was displayed. Unfortunately, it was often in the form of a complaint. And who likes hearing complaints? That's a good point, Mama. What if instead of showing zeal by complaining about thirst, Israel had simply asked the Father for water? Or what if they had zeal to find out what happened to Moshe instead of demanding the golden calf, an idol to serve as a proxy for Elohim? We do see lots of zeal in the story of Israel. Often, that zeal led to rebellion and other types of sin. Zeal, or acting with enthusiasm, can be a good thing or a bad thing. The question is, are we asking according to His will or asking amiss? The Torah teaches us that there is a way to approach the Most High Elohim. We can and should ask Him for wisdom, for provision, or whatever we may need. Clearly, Jehovah was pleased with these five daughters and the way they came with their case. Hebrews chapter 4 gives us some guidance that is relevant to this example. Reading from verse 13, it says, Before Elohim, nothing created is hidden, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must render an account. Therefore, since we have a great Kohen Gadol, or high priest, who has passed to the high heavens, Yeshua, the son of Elohim, let us hold firmly to what we acknowledge as true. For we do not have a Kohen Gadol unable to empathize with our weakness, since in every respect he was tempted just as we are, the only difference being that he did not sin. Therefore, let us confidently approach the throne from which Elohim gives grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. We are invited to boldly come to our Father in heaven, expecting to receive his grace and goodness. Mm -hmm. He knows more about our motives than we ourselves know. He will judge every situation perfectly and do what is right in his sight. So while the five daughters took their case to Moshe, we know that they really were inquiring of Elohim. Today, we can go to our Heavenly Father in prayer directly with the Ruach HaKodesh as our helper. Romans 8, 26-27 says, The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we don't know how to pray the way we should. But the Spirit himself pleads on our behalf with groanings too deep for words. And the one who searches hearts knows exactly what the Spirit is thinking because his pleadings for Elohim's people agree with Elohim's will. So, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and complain to others about your situation? Or would you take the red pill? and take your case to the Almighty, the Supreme Judge. Only you can answer that question. So just as he waited for the five daughters to ask about their particular case, he may be waiting for you to inquire of him for an answer. There is no question our Elohim cannot answer. There is no situation that he needs advice to handle. The door is open to us who are in covenant with him. We just need to go in boldly and in a way that pleases him. And regarding the question of men and women, we have different roles from Elohim, and we are both valued in His sight. Well, that's all we have time for today. 
Read over the story about these five daughters found in Numbers chapter 27 and follow their excellent example. And thank you for listening to Red Pill Torah where you can handle the truth.